worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. of the Lord we feel in this place. Amen. 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 It's good to see everyone that is here today. It's good to see everyone that's here today. But I don't want to take too much time. I want to jump straight into what I believe God has given me for today, for this year as well. Amen. If you got your Bibles, why don't you grab them? Turn with me to the book of Philippians chapter 3. It's good to have Pastor Nye, Sister Nye with us again. God bless you. Thank you for being here with us. Amen. Give honor to them. God's doing great things in our church. Amen. Those of you who didn't hear last night, 1030, I got a call from Brother Barner saying, Pastor, we've got someone that need to be baptized. My flesh, Brother Bonner, said, my God, can't the man wait till tomorrow? <laughs> but then God started to work even while we were talking. Come on, Pastor. Come on. This is what revival looks like. <laughs> revival means getting out of your nice warm bed and going baptizing someone because somebody needs Jesus. Amen. I was convicted last night. So I got myself down. I think I told you all this morning, you know, I was driving along. God spoke to me. He said, you don't have it as bad as Paul did when he had to baptize the Philippian jailer. The Bible says that at midnight, the jails broke and they were able to escape or get out, which means maybe one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, he's baptizing people and his back is all ripped open after being beaten. I got nothing to complain about. The mud was an extra benefit, but you know, <laughs> praise the Lord. Philippians chapter three. I appreciate you standing for so long. We're going to read from verse 12. Say amen when you're there. Very familiar passage of scripture. It says this, Paul writes, he says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. Turn to the person next to you. Say, I press on. Turn to the person on the other side. Say, I press on. I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. With the help of the Lord, I want to preach what I believe our theme is for this year. I press on. I press on. In the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name, the name in which all power, all authority, in which the fullness of the Godhead dwells, 
Right now, Jesus, let your anointing rest upon me. Let it rest upon our hearts. Let it rest upon our ears, our minds. Help us to respond. Help us to catch the vision. Help us to get excited about what you want us to do this year. Lord, have your way today. We love you. We praise you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. I press on. I press on. The Greek word, dioko, that we see translated as press on in the English. It means, my friends, to pursue, to chase down, to press forward despite opposition against press on, to strive, to run towards. It means to have something locked on in your mind and then to press on, to pursue it until it comes to fulfillment with a relentless, a never-ending, a single-eyed focus and passion. I press on. And you know, as I got to thinking about this, I realized that there are many things in this world that people pursue with this kind of passion. Praise the Lord. There are many things in this world that people pursue with that kind of passion. Some people, they pursue the gain of fortune. Don't worry about them, focus on me. They pursue the gain of fortune. They pursue fame. Some pursue their children all over the church. (laughs) Just got to lean into it sometimes. Okay. I feel the Lord speaking to me. We need to set up a creche. (laughs) I need someone to run creche. Preferably not a Sunday school teacher. Okay, so if you feel God speaking to you saying, yeah, I feel called to look after kids. That can be you. Praise the Lord. That's okay. The devil does not want us to hear. He will distract as best he can. But we're going to focus. Some people in this world, they pursue with that kind of focus, that kind of passion. They pursue fortune. They pursue fame. There are stories of people who have given up everything they had to be the greatest sports person in their field. To have the best education in this world, the best in their classrooms. Some pursue relationships, some pursue a good time living for the next high, the next party. And there is nothing wrong, brothers and sisters, with the act of pursuing, of chasing down, of of pressing on to something. Because I believe that created in the image of God, we have the same intense desire to chase something down like God does. God's object of His passion is us. He pursued us all the way to Calvary, who for the joy that was set before Him, the Bible says, counted the cost and went to the cross for you and for me. So it is within us to pursue. 
But we have to make sure, my friends, that the object of our desire is something that is pleasing to God. It's not enough just to press on. We have to know that what we are chasing pleases God. It's not enough to just chase something down. We have to make sure, my friends, that what we are chasing in this life has some eternal benefit, has some benefit for eternity. Amen. It has to make some impact for the kingdom it has to make a difference a difference in eternity for the people around us that's what we have to pursue and then of course there are others we all know them perhaps we know some of them perhaps we are one of them I don't know not looking at anybody but they're people who seem aimless don't have any direction in life they're not pursuing anything is kind of cruising through life, not sure about what they want to do, where they're going to be, who they are. And sometimes, my friends, if we are not careful, we can't allow that kind of attitude to creep into our relationship with God. We can come to church, and we can have a good time. And, and like I said, we can praise God with our voice. I said it in life class this morning, but not worship Him with our hearts. We hear the Word of God, but do we allow it to change our hearts? Are we responding when we feel the tug of the Lord on our hearts? My friends, are we moved for the lost like Jesus is moved for the lost? I press on. Does the plight of the prodigals and the backsliders, does it move us to action? Sometimes I fear that we can slip into a type of numbness where we're just going through the motions. My Lord, this year, save us from going through the motions. This year, I want us to be a church that presses on. I want to be a church that pursues, that hunts down with a relentless focus and energy what God wants for our church. I want us to snap out of numbness and snap out of just our feeling like it's just another Sunday. No, I want our church to be like Jesus when he said to his mother, don't you know I must be about my father's business. Amen. I want to press on for everything that God has for me and everything that God has for you and everything that God has for our church. Turn to the person next to you say, I press on. Paul tells us the reason that we are to press on. He tells us in verse 12 of Philippians chapter 3, he says, But I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Paul is saying, there is a reason that Jesus has got a hold of my life. And until I see that fulfilled, I'm going to press on. I'm going to pursue until all that Jesus has for my life is fulfilled. Brothers and sisters, hear me now. We have got to be the same. We have got to get a hold of the reason that we are sitting in this church. Hallelujah. What has God called you for? Is it being fulfilled? Are you being called to do something for the kingdom? Why did Jesus save you? I've got to press on. And what does he want for our church? 
Are we there yet? I submit to you that no, we are not. There are greater days to come for this church. There is greater revival to have for this church. There's greater things just down the road. I still believe with all my heart that the greatest revival this world has ever seen has not yet happened. But when we're too busy sitting back going, I'm just going to be all kind of cruisy for Jesus. No, we've got to press on. God will press on. But are we going to be with Him? I press on. So the question is, why did Jesus get a hold of my life? Why did Jesus get a hold of your life? The first reason, if you've got your Bibles, grab them if you like. The first reason that Jesus got a hold of us is He wants us to make us a new man and a new woman. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 and verse 4, very familiar passage of Scripture. Therefore, we are buried with Him through baptism into death. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk. Someone say walk. Walk in newness of life. Oh, my friends, we speak about the importance of baptism in Jesus' name. And let me tell you, it's important. You need to be baptized in the only saving name. Amen. Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 4 and 12 says, nor is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved so we need to be baptized in Jesus name but when we are baptized we need to walk in newness of life Jesus got a hold of Paul Because he wanted to give him a new life in Christ. And when Jesus gets a hold of you, and you are baptized in the name of Jesus, he is calling you to a new life. Living for Jesus is more than just what happens at baptism, but it's what you do afterwards. Are you going to walk? Are you going to continue? Are you going to live in the new life that God has set up for you? we got to walk in newness of life. Brothers and sisters, I want to see the full work of Jesus completed in my life and in your life. And I don't believe that's going to happen until we go home to be with Jesus. So there is always another step in the journey to take with Jesus. There's always another mile that we can walk with Him. There's always something more that He wants to teach us. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I don't want any trace of the old man in my life. I don't want any of my old habits coming back. I don't want any of the old way of doing things coming back into my life. No, that old man is dead and I want to pursue. I want to press on. I want to chase down this new life that Jesus has got for me. Jesus got a hold of your life, my friends, because he wants to create a new man or a new woman out of you. 
But we have to get something in our hearts that says, I want that as well. Walk in newness of life. It's not just a one-time event. Philippians chapter 1 verse 11 says that we are to be filled with the fruits of righteousness. People ought to see that our life has changed. People ought to be able to sense there's something different about you. Oh, let me tell you what Jesus did in my life. Uh, I've got a new life. Uh, the old man is dead and buried in baptism in Jesus' name. Now it's a new life. New life. We've got to have fruits of righteousness. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, Jesus tells the people, He says, you've got to be the salt of the earth. Uh, you've got to be the light of the world. Uh, we are called to make a difference. But that will not happen unless we are walking in newness of life. We've got to walk in newness of life. There's got to be something different about us to everybody else around us. And until that happens, until the day that Jesus calls us home, we need to pursue, Brother Barnum. We need to chase it down. Hunt it down with passion and focus like it is the only thing that matters. Because guess what? It is the only thing that matters. New life. The second reason. Romans 8.29. The second reason that Jesus got a hold of us. The second reason that we need to pursue. The second reason we need to press on and chase down. Romans 8.29 says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Jesus, my friends, got a hold of Paul because he wanted to conform him to his image. Not only are we to be made into a new man, and a new woman, but God got a hold of us so that we can be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. If anything, it is a continuation, a strengthening of walking in newness of life. Oh, let me tell you now, not only are we to act like Jesus, but our thought life needs to be anchored on the things of God. Our attitude needs to mirror the attitude of Jesus. The things that we speak from out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks our heart it needs to be mirrored to Jesus we need to be conformed to his image until his image is clearly seen and felt by all until my heart beats for the same things that Jesus does and when my heart breaks for the things that break his heart and when my sin so breaks my heart because I see the image that's getting marred in my life that's what we need to pursue until I weep for what he weeps for until I'm moved by the things that move Jesus taking control of my mind and surrendering it to the will of God. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 
Brothers and sisters, this year as a church, we need to have the mind of Christ in all things. I am not interested in setting up a church that looks like me. I'm not interested in setting up a church that mirrors some organization. I want a church that looks like Jesus Christ, filled with people who look like Jesus Christ. Because that is what will change the world. Cairns does not need another sporting organization, another social club, another cool place to hang out. No, Cairns needs a church that looks like Jesus Christ. It says, thus says the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. That preaches truth with righteousness and with authority. And as a people who want to live for God, We need to have the mind of Christ in all things. Let's press on, brothers and sisters. Let's press on until Christ is formed in us, both inward and outward. We want to be like Jesus in our thought life, in secret when nobody's watching us but Jesus, in our actions, in the open where we're on display. Let our life be one that looks like Jesus. The third reason that Jesus laid a hold of Paul. Remember, Paul said, I want to get a hold of the reason that Jesus got a hold of me. The third reason that Jesus laid a hold of Paul. Found in Acts chapter 9 and verse 15. But the Lord said to him, Go, this is to Ananias, Go, for he, talking about Paul, is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Brothers and sisters, God did not waste his time saving Paul just because he wanted to save Paul, just because he wanted Paul to walk in newness of life, just because he wanted Paul to be conformed to the image of Christ. No, God saved him for a purpose. God had a task for him to do. He was chosen to be a witness And Paul was driven by that for his entire life. He knew that Jesus laid hold of his life so that he could reach the lost. And Paul was not going to stop. He was not going to slack off. He was going to press on until he reached his world. Amen. Or until he breathed his last. Now I open up my Bible and it says, But you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Why? So you can be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. Oh, hear me now. God did not save you so you can sit on a pew. God did not save you so you could just be comfortable. No, you've been saved for a purpose. You've been saved to be a witness to your family, to your friends, to your community, to everybody around you. Witnesses. And we've been filled uh, with the power of the Holy Spirit. We're called to be witnesses. 
We have not been saved just so we can think like Jesus, sound like Jesus, talk like Jesus. We're not saved just to isolate ourselves like some monastic order up the top of a mountain somewhere. No, we have been saved for a purpose. We have been given a holy task and a righteous calling, and that is to reach our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. But we have not been filled just because Jesus loves us. That's part of it. But we have been filled so we have power to be a witness. When we are walking, my friends, in newness of life, and when we are being conformed, because I believe that's an ongoing thing, when we are being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, then we need to be making a difference in the lives of people around us. I was reminded when I was preparing this of a quote I read from Charles Spurgeon. He once said this, If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions. And let no one go unwanted and unprayed for. Oh, brothers and sisters, hear me now. If we are thinking like Jesus and our heart is beating like Jesus and what breaks our heart breaks Jesus' heart as well, then we ought to get something in our heart that says, I need to reach the lost. I need to reach someone that doesn't know Jesus. There's someone who needs to be baptized. There's someone who needs to walk in new life. There's someone who's broken, someone who's hurting, and I have the answer. That's what Jesus does. When he was here, when he walked the earth, he said, the whole have no need of a physician. He wasn't here to save those who are self-righteous and I'm okay, I don't need anything. No, he wants the broken. He wants the hurt. He wants the people who realize I need something to change in my life. And we need to be his arms and his feet to reach to chase, to hunt with a relentless abandon anybody, somebody who can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are to lay hold of what Jesus has done for us and testify of the experience to others around us. Woo. Fourth reason. Jesus laid a hold of Paul. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 11, it says, If by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Newness of life, conformed to His image, being a witness, Jesus laid a hold of Paul so that he might obtain the resurrection of the dead. So Paul had his life anchored on the hope of the resurrection. In all of his work for the Lord, walking in newness of life, being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, being a chosen witness, Paul always remembered that he had a hope beyond what this life offered. That giving up whatever needed to be given up down here was worth the reward that was waiting for him. Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there 
is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not just to me, he says, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Brothers and sisters, this year, in all our doing, and all our striving, in all our pressing on and pursuing the things that God wants for us down here. It gives me great joy to remember that there is a great prize awaiting those who have loved His appearing. One day, my friends, the trumpet will sound and we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. I am reminded of the words of Peter in 1 Peter chapter 1, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. This world presses on for everything that is temporal and everything that will pass away, for all that is fading and all that is fleeting. And they do it, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 9, to obtain a perishable crown. Everything they chase away, it's going to disappear one day. But we run for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, Paul says. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. We press on for what is eternal. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, within each and every one of us, there is an eternal soul that has an eternal destination that will live somewhere. And in my pressing on, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that it is worth every effort, every strife, every challenge, every battle to lay it all down one day at the feet of Jesus and say thank you Jesus I will take my crown I will throw it at his feet because I still have not earned my way into heaven he's worthy so we are to press on we are to press on as we all stand this morning our word our challenge our theme for this year is I press on Things go up and down. Life happens. It gets hard sometimes. But brothers and sisters, my prayer for this church and for you this year is that you would get something locked into your spirit. A bulldog type determination that says, I am going to press on. I'm not going to give up. Uh, you know what? It's going to hurt sometimes. Uh, there's going to be some stuff i got to give up. Uh, some stuff i got to lay down on the altar. Some things i got to leave with Jesus. Uh, but oh, brothers and sisters, uh, we got to walk uh, in newness of life. Uh, brothers and sisters, uh, we got to be conformed uh, to His image. Uh, we got to be a witness. Uh, we don't have a choice. Uh, we've been saved for a purpose. And one day, we will rejoice around the throne together. And every battle we face down here is going to seem like nothing when we get to be up there with Him. This morning, we're going to open up these altars. 
And I don't know where your life is. I don't know what's holding you back. But this year, I want